Hi, I am Oleg Stajnowski, and you are listening to A Space. Another block, another point. This battle is heating up very nicely indeed. Stoyanovsky is all over him, twice from Stoyanovsky. Hello there and welcome to the A-Space, the brand new podcast brought to you by the CUV, a podcast where we'll be joined by some of the biggest names in world volleyball. Well, my name is Louis Letts and I'll be today's host. On other occasions, it will be Dave Rogers and we'll be joined by our superstars from the CUV, Matt Rogers and Daniel Neenerly. And today we have Matt here with us. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Hi, Louis. Good, thanks. Yeah, good to be here. N- nice to be back again with a new player. Yeah, it certainly is. These episodes are being recorded remotely due to the current situation, and we are going to be releasing these alongside our unscripted and debate series, which will come out on Friday. Well, it's time to meet today's guest. He's a beach volleyball world champion. He's Russia's first ever beach volleyball world champion. He is the youngest ever beach volleyball world champion. He's the World Tour Finals gold medalist for 2019. He's also a CV under 18 and under 22 gold medalist. He's 23 and he's already becoming a legend of the sport. We would like to give the warmest A-space welcome to Oleg Stoyanovsky. Oleg, hello. Hi guys, I'm very happy to be on your podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you very much for joining us. No problem, no problem. Thanks for joining. Well, how are you? And more importantly, where are you at the moment? Uh, I'm currently in Russia, in Moscow, in my hometown, and uh, I'm in my flat, sitting in self-isolation. So you're obviously in the same situation as a lot of us right now, but what have you been doing through these lockdown times? What's been keeping you sort of interested? I think I'm like all of you, just sitting home, and just doing nothing, trying to keep uh, my body in shape to to be continued to play uh, next year and waiting for the for the first training camps. Are you managing to do any training, so fitness or any on the ball work at all? Yeah, due to the situation, we have um, in in Moscow especially we have uh, to get some permission to get out of the flat of your house and. Uh, that's a bit pro- a little bit problem for me because uh, there is only two free attempts like every week, and uh, it's not allowed to uh, make physical education by yourself. So you can't go to the gym, or you even can't run in uh, in park. Wow! So you've been doing a lot of stuff in in your apartment or in your house. <laughs> yeah, uh, like like this, but uh, not a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm still trying to go out, and um, uh, it's like not an official um, <laughs> and uh, they just we just should should go back when we meet the police just this case happened with me uh, a couple of days ago uh, I was in park and I met the police and they they were really polite and uh, asked me to go back to my house well you are t- two meters severed if I was a policeman and I saw you I would be very polite as well um, <laughs> for, for sure <laughs> They, they didn't trust. They didn't trust me. I tried to explain that I am Olympian, I'm a future Olympian, and I have to go Olympics. So, understand me, please. And they still didn't understand. No. Maybe, maybe next year they will recognize you, Oleg. They will say, "Ah, that's the man who said he would be an Olympian." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope so. That's that's 
absolutely crazy. But let's <laughs> let's talk. We obviously have th- three episodes coming away, but what a year! Quickly at the start of this, twenty nineteen was for you a world champion and the world tour champion or the world tour finals champion. You must be so happy with twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's my best year so far. But uh, I'm looking forward to the. I looked forward to the twenty twenty, but. <laughs> It's the worst year so far because uh, I I don't have like any anything in this year no training camps no competitions almost nothing so but I I stay calm still. Well, there's one good thing like I said everybody is in the same situation so at least you're not falling behind anybody else. Uh, every athlete is is currently feeling the same the same pain. It's just good to see Oleg. It's not so good to see him in a Liverpool shirt. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a gift from my coach <laughs> this is audio only but there may be a clip of that shirt coming out at some point we never know and for anyone who knows me well they will know that i'm a big big Ever- everton fan as well so Oleg, i'm having to cover my eyes at times liverpool of course be many a heart heartache in my time i think uh, it's the hardest time for you now <laughs> i'm wearing black does that make me the referee in between you two, Liverpool versus Everton. I have no idea what I could beat Oleg at, actually. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be volleyball. And I think if it was a boxing match, I think I would, I would also lose. I think you've got me beaten in every, every way. I can keep you on a diesel. Yes, exactly. Just put the hand on the head and say, stay away. That's, that sounds like, sounds okay. like my school life. Um, anyway, so today is, is all about your playground to podium journey. So, Oleg, the first question is, where did it all start for you? Volleyball, sport, when did it start? So, actually, I, born, I was born in Moscow, and uh, my father is a big, big volleyball lover. He also started to play volleyball when he was young in school. And uh, then, when I was born, like, he was uh, 29, he started to... to uh, to love uh, beach volleyball, especially. And um, when I was nine, he brought me to the sports school in Moscow, in, in Moscow, and just I started to play volleyball. Wow! So you you chose volleyball. Volleyball didn't choose you. So that was a question I was going to ask. Yeah. Um... It was not my choice actually, but I just walked with my father, and he brought me to the school and. And said me like that's your home for the next year. And, and I think he might have been right. I think he was. I think he was correct. That's a really intriguing story. One like myself, my father's a keen volleyball person. I wouldn't be in volleyball if it wasn't for my father too. Um, did you play any other sports before or or during? Um, I see you're a keen football fan and and you enjoy your football. But did you ever play any other sports? Yeah, I used to be a football fan more than volleyball, and uh, I followed uh, like almost every European championship, like Italian, English. Uh, I was a fa- I had a favorite team in, uh, in every league. So for example, Arsenal in England and like Milan in Italy and something like this. I also love to play football, but... Uh... Were, you, were you a goalkeeper? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, I don't have any, any position. No, Thibaut Courtois is my, my example. Why were you an Arsenal fan? Because of uh, Arshavin? Yeah, yeah. True, yeah, exactly. Arshavin was uh, on, a, on his peak when I was uh, 12. So, and Russia 
they were third in the European Champs. So it's like a peak of interesting uh, to football in Russia. Yeah, it was a very good oh, Arsenal wow. team as well that Arshavin played, and I remember watching some Champions League nights. Yeah, that's four, four goals to Liverpool also. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I was going to mention that. That was my main memory of him. Yeah. Well, now you're wearing a Liverpool top. What would Arshavin say? <laughs> yeah, take take it off, get rid of it. Um, <laughs> interesting. So you started volleyball at nine. Um, how did you then become part of the Russian system? Did you play indoor volleyball first and then transfer to beach volleyball, or did you very much choose to specialize in beach volleyball early? Yes, when uh, so like ten years ago, there were, there were no no beach volleyball schools. It were only volleyball uh, indoor. And uh, we all had to start from this, and then maybe we can we can choose. And uh, when I was 15, my father got to know some guys in uh, some coaches from the national team, from a young also, and uh, he brought me to the to the one tra uh, training camp in Anapa. And then I was noticed by the coach from Ominsk, it's club, Ominsk, that, that's his name. And um, I moved to this city and started to to play beach volleyball professional. Like I had a salary, small but salary. Sorry, at, at what age did you did you move? It was sixteen, fifteen from fifteen to sixteen. Okay. Okay, and but before that, you were playing indoor volleyball quite often. Yeah, it, it, it just was uh, for school, and uh, I was never like. Be pretend to something bigger. Uh, I never dream big, and I was not, not so talented, I think, and also not so high. How how tall were you when you were were, were twelve or, when I, was, or 13? when I was sixteen? I was one ninety six. That's I remember, and uh, twelve. I don't know actually. <laughs> maybe one seventy. Okay, but still, that's... it wasn't enough. I was like a fifth in my team <laughs> by the height. Yeah. How, oh, wow. for, for many European people listening to this, um, they won't know the Russian um, structure of development. So when you were playing, did you play competitively or for school? How often did you train every week? Was it once a week? And then when you joined the national team at 16, how did your training look like? So when I was in school, it was like uh, the only competition we had, it's... Um, Championship, uh, city champion, no, city cup. Okay, and um, yeah. we had three practice per week, yeah, approximately. And when the, I changed the, to pitch volleyball, when I moved to the club to the Omnisk, and uh, I had uh, two practice per day, like almost every day, because we we were we count ourselves as a professionals. So that there was a definite change in your thought process at 16 to think, yeah, okay, now, I ha n now I'm a professional. Actually, no, I didn't have any, any, any thoughts like this, but uh, I just love to play beach volleyball and uh, that moved me forward. And one question, um, when you played volleyball, did you have a position that you normally played? If we can call a middle blocker in a very young team, so I was a middle blocker. If you want to come and play for my indoor team, you can come and play on the right side yeah. anytime. I was going to say the same. 
<laughs> was there ever any temptation? Because in indoor volleyball in in Russia um, is is such a big big sport. So many world championships. Uh, you have Zenit Kazan who have won the Champions League. I don't know how many times. Um, when you when you look four at four in a row, the, yeah, four in a row over the past in the in the last decade. When you look at the teams of Russia, when you were growing up, 2012, Russia, the Olympic Games, Mikhailov, Mazursky, you name it, Grankin, all these great players. Did you ever think indoor volleyball would be more lucrative or maybe something where you could be more successful than beach volleyball? So it's a really hard question because uh, I never I never imagined me in indoor volleyball. I don't know why, because maybe because my father uh, try to explain that beach volleyball is better because uh, he was on on the beach volleyball side now. It's, it's it's an interesting interesting answer, and I think it's maybe one to why you've been so successful that you've been so sort of driven to your love of the sport in in beach volleyball, and and you've never had that temptation to to play both, which sometimes can be obviously a bit deceptive, deceiving maybe. So we have uh, some like sports clubs where. Who can play salary for players, but uh, actually it's not very big, so they it could it would help you in the start in the beginning, but then most of them change the profession and become like like a normal profession, a businessman or teacher or something like this, and um, we have a young young national team uh, where we have some co coaches and. Uh, senior national team where we have uh, different uh, coaching staff so you see quite a lot of people from your uh, from those small clubs go into normal like normal jobs and then you see the ones yeah pu push push forward into in, in, into volleyball that's normal life yeah normal life Oleg can you remember where you were when Russia won the Olympic gold in 2012 I was uh, at my country house I think I didn't watch it like live, live stream, but uh, for sure I did a lot of repeats. We're going to talk more about the Olympics in future episodes because but I, I think it's um, important for our listeners to know that, that Russia are yet or they haven't won an Olympic medal yet in beach volleyball, which for me is always, always surprising. Um, so Oleg, you're obviously looking to become the first uh, Olympic medalist from Russia in beach volleyball. Sure, sure. But... Uh, when uh, it was the Rio Olympics in 2016, I also got a chance to go there, but uh, the choice was uh, was made for more for more experienced team, Dmitry Barsuk and Nikita Lamin. Of course, through the through the continental side, um, continental cup side. Okay, interesting. We're obviously going to come to that in in a later episode. Who inspired you uh, when you started playing beach volleyball? Was there a player that you that you looked to as being the best or somebody that you aspired to be um, like? I think it's just my father because I don't need to be inspired by somebody or players. Uh, I didn't have like idol, maybe just a couple people, but I just like volleyball and it's continuous from... Uh, from my young age to now. Did you used to play against your dad? Yes, 
many times. Many times. In a competitive game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? What what is the record? Like, did he win earlier, and then more recently you no, win? Or? No, we won. He never beat me in uh, in the professional level, uh, and uh, it was a tough game when when I was sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, it was a Russian championship, I think, like first stage of that, and we won to one. Okay. Did you ever play together? No, no, just no, just maybe a matter tournament. Yeah. For fun. It, would he be a blocker as well? Would you have a, a two block system? No, he 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 is defender for sure. Oh, is he? <laughs> the perfect team. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, one ninety nine only. Yeah, only Louis. Did you hear that? Only. Only. <laughs> only. You 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 do know me, and you do know that I'm one sixty seven over here. Um, <laughs> so if you're saying, but I am two seven, and for me it's only one ninety one. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, you're, you're, two, you're almost two of me, but we, we both, we both know that. Um, we can play in the spin-off of, of Lord of Rings. <laughs> oh, <oy. laughs> yeah, you're not the first person, not the first person to call me Bilbo, Bilbo or Frodo. That's, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> so you, you move to uh, New City. Uh, you take up beach volleyball professionally. Yeah, without part, without parents. How how was that? That was the hardest thing. Yeah. So it was a special place where the sportsmen like me uh, lived for the all time, and uh, we had a special school where we have a, also special schedule for us, uh, and we can learn, uh, we can go to school between practices. So okay. the whole day was structured around volleyball and academics. Yeah. Almost like this, I mean, but it was like normal school. Uh, we just had a special class. They had an agreement or arrangement or something like this. And you train once a day or twice a day? Twice, twice a day. Is that where you learned or continued to learn English? Because I mean, your English is, is very good. And I'm assuming that that was at the same period or have you picked that up after? Uh, yeah, I started learning English in school. And then I just continued to speak uh, with the people because because we traveled a lot. I guess it's important as a beach volleyball player because you are you're traveling most of the time. It's a small team that is traveling, and yeah, you, know, you need to navigate and find things. And yeah, it must be important. Yeah, sure. Of course, at that same time when you were at school and studying, did you start to lift more weights? At that time, was that somewhere where you went to the gym? studied and you, you took the weights more seriously i never been in the gym so i never do weights or lifting so uh, my my way wow. is like different I, i've also never been in the gym either um i, I just I, <laughs> I would just like to say different reasons um, louis <laughs> <laughs> do you do you have another way like oleg <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, how do you keep fit then if you don't go to the gym? What's your method? I met my current coach in 2013. And also, my father brought me to him, and he's ex uh, track and field uh, runner. He was a um, he was runner with hurdles, 110, and he's ex uh, record holder in Russia. He used to play. Uh, he used to start to work in uh, beach volleyball club, so he knows the structure and how it looks like. 
That's fascinated me to know that that's that's your program. What what do you do anything instead of the gym um, to to get stronger through your core legs? Uh, do you need do you feel that you need anything? I do exercise with my own weight, no lifting, uh, no special like uh, really hard weight. Just almost almost same, but uh, more it's more weight to the track and field. Yeah, and I'm really in interested. Have you ever been injured? Any bad injuries or nothing serious? Fortunately, fortunately, yeah. Touch wood. It's <laughs> good. Yeah, that's that's very good, good. Good to know, as it's quite a different route nowadays. As you see, players get bigger, they spend time more and more time in the gym. It seems getting in. Uh... Yeah, when I tell this, when I tell these stories to the players, they are, they always look at me and stare at me like like with the big eyes and. Can't uh, imagine how it how it could look. Yeah, like. we can. We're going to say welcome to the A space, where Oleg Stoyanovsky says, "I've never been to the gym." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. We're gonna we're gonna fast forward. You became um, the European Under 18 champion um, two years after being at, at your new school, where you focused on sports. Can you talk us through becoming a European champion at 18? What did that do for you psychologically and your confidence? And can you talk us through the journey? At that time, we were one of the strongest team in our age in Russia. And uh, when we went to this European Champs, honestly, I never think that we, we could win this. But... Uh, from from match to match, from game to game, we we played really uh, better every time. We improved our game, and that gave us confidence in the final. Also, with a, a lot of nerves. <laughs> Is it? Do you have clear clear memories? Uh, yeah, couple of them. We were. It was uh, the European Champs for was taken part in uh, Belarus, Molodeshno. It's city Molodeshno. So it's similar country to Russia. It was like home. Everybody supports us, and that, that helps us. You played forty-seven events um, with Artem Yarzukin over a four-year period. Um, you had a lot of success with with Artem as well. I, I remember watching you in Baden at the twenty-twos and uh, had the pleasure of coaching a team that got beaten by you. Um, how? How was that experience playing with Artem Yarzukin, including the under-22 championships? And, and what sort of friendship did you build through that time? It's a very important time to, to spend a lot of time together. So we, we came a really long way. We started as a young team and um, we came a long way to the professional, really professional team, I think. The top, almost top team, not the, from top 10, but really close. We had a couple of medals with him together and a lot of great tournaments like in Moscow 2017. Are you, are you still friends? Do you still speak? Um, yes, 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 we are still friends for sure. Perfect. I remember obviously watching you um, in the under-22s. It was Russia versus Norway in the final in Baden. And I remember watching that game in the stand and everybody was like, wow. 
this game is is going to a new crazy level with with yourself and Anders. Can you remember that game, or was there a, a point where you just had confidence that you would go forward to be the best in the world? Uh, yes, I think yes, I can I can say that, and that was a great game and also a great tournament because in uh, in Austria, the spectators uh, always support you. Uh, very loudly, and they, the crowd really loves volleyball, and it was a great experience to play there, uh, especially in such a great final, because we were losing in the third set, 14-12, I think, and uh, we managed to win this game very hard. You you mentioned um, being nervous at the under-18s in in Belarus. Is is nerve something that's always followed you through your career? Do you still get nervous? Is is that something you've overcome? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I think it it shows that I'm still excited before the game and I love this game. If I don't have emotions, I, I don't like the my profession. Yeah, that's I completely agree. My mum always says, if you don't get nervous, then the tiger would eat you. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, my, my mum talks in sense. So. Oleg, what, what do you think was the big difference in you as a player between that under-18 and the under-22 event? What, what had changed? That's two different people, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I became more confident and uh, more com- completely in, uh, in a volleyball way. Uh, you were obviously taller, I assume? Yeah, also. I was yeah, I was a uh, two three. Now I'm two seven. And I become taller. Have you stopped growing? Uh, yes, I think yes. Now, <laughs> so so have I. <laughs> <laughs> I have also stopped growing, unfortunately. And and in Baden, um, as Louis said, it was Anders you were playing against. You've played against him now a lot of times. Can you remember the first time you played against him? Yeah. The first time was uh, in Nanjing, in uh, in China, uh, on the Yacht uh, Olympic Games in 2014. Yeah. It was a group stage, and it was a really easy win for us. <laughs> how's your relationship? You're obviously two blockers who are taking this game to the new to a, to a new level. I would say you and Anders friends off the court. Yeah, sure, I can say that. It's like. It's hard to say we are friends because we live in different countries. In my opinion, friends who contact so like every week at least and uh, spend time. And we are friends uh, during the tournaments. Do you ever talk through the net during a game or, or not really? Like you as a no, person? No, no. I don't do trash talk. No, not trash, but also <laughs> just no little comments or, or a bit of fun. Or, or are you someone that likes to focus? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm a trash talker. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine Louis at the net, can't you? He he would be talking all. <laughs> I, I would need I'd need to to try everything I could to beat you, Oleg. So uh, unfortunately, talking trash would be would be one of them, for sure. <laughs> um, moving uh, forward, 2018, you had ten events with Igor Velichko. It was a short relationship for you guys. But you had some great experiences um, with Velichko. You took a second in Doha uh, and you won your first World Tour event in Sharmen. I, I was lucky enough to broadcast that game. 
and you took a bronze in, in Moscow. That was a really good season for you, 2018, to, to develop again. Is there any feelings or experiences from that season that you would like to share with us? Uh, before this season, I was really excited because uh, I felt that I could play uh, on the big stage, like in the, in the big tournaments. And uh, I think I was almost ready to play on the higher level. And uh, I thought that uh, this season will be a step to the to the next level. And and it was it was right. Definitely. Yeah. Exactly. You obviously took that second in in um, Doha. That's your first time playing in an, in a big final at at senior level. Can you remember who it was against and how you felt and and really what it was like to to unfortunately lose that yeah, game? Yeah, it was the final against Brown Rosen. And uh, I don't have a lot of memories from this game because we played really bad and uh, it was for sure not our day. And I don't know how we won the first set. Actually, we, we, we were losing during the whole set and like in the end, they made a couple of mistakes and we took the set. <laughs> so uh, more memories I had uh, about the semi-final when we, we won uh, Phil Dahlhauser and uh, Nick Lucena. That's a great win. Um, to, to beat Phil Dalhauser must be still one of your best um, memories from that time, obviously. It is. How did it feel to, to beat Phil Dalhauser? It was not the first time when we beat him, when I beat him, <laughs> because uh, we, we, yeah, we played uh, a lot of times in Moscow because uh, he always uh, the first seed of the tournament. And we, when we were young, we, we got a wild card on the Moscow Grand Slam. And we were always 20, 20 seconds. 30, 30 seconds, sorry. Is, is Phil Dalhauser one of the players that you would look up to? Yeah, sure, because he is also goofy like me. Yeah, he's goof, goofy fitter like you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> goofy, goofy fitter. But he plays on the left side. Uh, you play on the right. Yeah, but, but yeah. The, yeah, the footwork coming in. And also in. we are same height and mm -hmm. maybe same weight. Yeah. Almost. I, I think for me, Phil Dalhauser is a hero. He's one of the only volleyball players that I get really nervous when I speak to still. I, I, I still like, I talk all the time, but when Phil Dalhauser is around, I, I get really shy. Um, it's like I'm... I'm a bad copy of him. Yeah, I, or, no, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, when I talk to Phil Dalhauser, it reminds me of talking to a girl when I was 13 years old. Uh, I, I get that same feeling. Um, <laughs> How did you feel when you then went to Sharmen and you won? You, you obviously learned some lessons from Doha and you, you turned it into a victory in Sharmen. So, yeah, it was uh, our second, no, third tournament for me and Igor. And uh, we, we were not so high seeded there, but uh, we got uh, some lucky with the draw. That's fine. Did you feel in the final in Sharmen that you learned lessons from Doha? Not at all, because uh, we were both nervous even more than in Doha. Because it was a Russian, Russian final, yeah, for the first time, I think. Really? Uh, I think all four Russian players were so nervous that could, <laughs> it could, every, everybody can feel it, especially our coaches. It was the worst game for us, from, from us yeah. on the tournament. I, I, 
I can remember I can remember broadcasting it as well. I, I yeah, I felt the same. It wasn't wasn't the uh, the best one, but it was a great great one for like great one for you guys um, for sure. You also took a bronze medal in Moscow that year, which is a phenomenal performance in a in a home four star. Was that another big career moment for you? Yeah, sure. Because we we played instead in in front of our home home crowd and uh, Moscow is my hometown and uh, I always play uh, good there. I always had a good result and uh, this third place it was really nice. So after 2018, you have one season um, playing with Igor Velichko. Um, how did the partnership with with Slava come around? I, I remember when I heard it was in the Hague at the European Championships in 2018. One of your coaches, I was talking to one of your coaches and he said next year, he was like, Stoyanovsky, Chris Silnikov. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is going to be crazy. So how, how did that happen and why? Actually, me and Slava were really good buddies even before our partnership. And uh, we, we spent a lot of time together, like... Uh, watching some films or spend time uh, doing tournaments. And uh, I started to negotiate with them uh, like a year before I made scouting. And uh, finally, yeah, he agreed with me that we, we have to play together and uh, show what we can. Do you really need to scout somebody who came fourth at the Olympics? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Where is Slava now? Slava is uh, at home in his town in St. Petersburg. Okay. When did you last see him? In Doha. Do you miss him? Yes, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Do you, do you have contact? Do you, do you talk on the video? And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. We talk a lot uh, on the video, on the phone calls. But uh, imagine if we spend uh, like nine out of 12 uh, months together in one room. Yeah. We still need a, a bit of uh, rest. <laughs> For sure, beach, beach volleyball is like a marriage, right? It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, you, you can sort of go through those times. It's fascinating to know that story from your perspective, though, to, to know that you guys were good friends and then it happened more naturally. Um, but, but I'm sure that the, the Russian coaches seemed like they were excited in, in The Hague and it seems like it was a great decision from, from you guys to, to get together. Um, when you did come together, a second in China, in Yangshao, a bronze in Vegas got your partnership off to a very good start. Perfect, well, not quite perfect, but a very good start. Can you remember, how was the dynamic between you and Slava? It must have been lots of confidence from those results. Yeah, it was a good start, sure. And uh, for Slava, he's a really experienced player. He was uh, on the Olympics. And uh, I still... At that time, I still have to improve my game, and uh, this result was uh, like a push uh, for us to the to, to the next level. Also, yes. we're obviously going to talk about um, twenty nineteen in episode number three, so we're going to leave that journey now. But a couple of final questions: What has been your harshest lesson? So, what was your biggest learning? throughout the development of your career? I think the harshest lesson was uh, like in 2019 in Warsaw when we 
and we took a four, fourth place. Uh, it was second fourth place in a row after Prague or after Astrava. And it was really hard for us because we we did a great job to, to uh, these two tournaments. We were in the semi-final, but uh, every time something we we lost uh, during the these games. Yeah, I, I remember watching that game. I wasn't broadcasting it, but you played the Vikings in the semi-final, and it was it was fourteen eleven, wasn't it? And then it was something. I've got the scores here somewhere, but you ended up losing in overtime after having quite a few match points. We've got one final thing that we'd like you to do, Oleg, uh, to end this first episode. Um, yeah, we have, we have one last question um, for you, Oleg. What would be the top five moments of your career so far? Top five. For sure, the first is the World Championships. Then I think it's the Rome finals. Also, third, it's the bronze in Moscow in 2017 with the Artem because uh, it was a really surprise for us, our game in that tournament. We, we beat so many great teams during the tournament and uh, the medal was like uh, really crazy for us because it was the last tournament before the Vienna Championships and everybody needed points. So we we beaten Holland, Spain, Latvia and Brazil. So it was really great. The fourth it I think the yeah, Olympic Games in Nanjing and then uh, U twenty two in Baden. Perfect. Thank you very much. There's easy yeah, that was that was That was easy. I guess number one and two is quite simple. So <laughs> you've only got to decide no, three. Not so many victories ahead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, once you're a world champion, that's uh, yeah, there's that's maybe enough. only one. There's only maybe one other one other medal that could top that, right? <laughs> and we we know we know which one that is. Well, I think that's all we've got time for in episode one. Oleg, thank you very much. That was epic and we can't wait for the next episode where we're going to be getting to know a little bit more of you off the court to matt thank you very much for your time and knowledge and to our listeners make sure you subscribe tell your friends suggest guests you can even send us questions to ask the best volleyball players in the world but please use the hashtag let volleyball talk and finally, from myself, Louis Lett, the A Space and the CEV, thank you for listening and we look forward to having you along next time. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the A Space. This is me, Milana Rashic, and I will be co-hosting the podcast soon. So if you have anything you want to ask me or something you want us to chat about, please write to us on the aspace at cv.eu and we will see if we can make it happen. For now, stay safe and we will see each other on the other side.